Hour number three of BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM starts right now. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Still to come, we will have our lightning bets and talk about the NFL awards now that the markets have closed there. But first, let's get to sports betting expert Sammy P. of Nesson. Please make sure to follow him on X at SP Shoot. Sammy, you were high on Michigan all season long, and they wind up winning the national championship. But when it comes to next year, the Wolverines are 9-1. to at BetMGM to take it all and repeat. Are you running to the window to place another bet on Michigan to win it all? Oh, Jesus. Let me let me get over this hangover before I think about next year. <laughs> um, <laughs> who do you like in the 2028 presidential election? I don't know. Um, look, I mean, here's what you do with the future stuff next year. You know, you're not going to really get any value on, like, the Georgias and the Bamas of the world because they're always going to be priced short and you could bet those prices, you know, July, August, even probably early September. I think what you have to do now, if you're mining for futures is, is look for those teams that have, you know, high upside teams in like the 30 to 50 to one range, because a lot of those teams are going to get whacked and they're going to move down. But I, I don't think there's really any point in betting a lot of these favorites, especially a national champion like Michigan, because you could probably get a number like that six months from now, which you want to do now. Like the first college football bet I made for next season is uh, Cam rising to win the Heisman. He's coming back to Utah. Um, he's like 38 years old. So he knows the system really well. And, and that's a guy that, you know, if he puts up numbers, we're talking about very lively, um, you know, a, a guy from 70 to one that could potentially be 30 to one by week three. So when it comes to team or individual stuff in college, I, I don't play the favorites early because you can get those numbers um, for months on end. You want, you want to find the, the bigger numbers that probably won't be there by the time the season kicks off. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be interesting to see how those numbers change, if at all, since we have the expanded format and so many people are going to be uh, a part of the dance. All right, so you're based in Boston, and it's fresh in our mind at the end of the college football season now. Uh, something I've seen a lot over the last week. I don't, I don't know if the chatter's going on there. Like for a while, it's it, it's whichever the te- whatever the teams are. Everybody's saying Caleb won, Drake may too, and the interesting part is. Now, what do the Patriots do? A lot of people said, oh, Jaden Daniels is the guy. What What are you doing at three? Are you going Daniels? Are you going Harrison? Or maybe Joe Alt? Three is really where the draft gets interesting, as you know, Joe, mm-hmm. because it's, it's quarterback, quarterback one and two, whether it's Caleb or Drake, as you said. It, it could be one of those guys, either one, either slot. But then, you know, the Patriots have a really tough decision. They can take a quarterback for sure. But I, I just – I've always thought – it's kind of like the old fantasy football strategy. If you're picking fourth and the first three guys are running backs, do you want the fourth best running back or the best receiver? Like, to me, it's the best receiver. I'd rather have CeeDee Lamb or Justin Jefferson than Austin Eckler. It's, it's a different conversation because you're building a franchise. It's not like a fantasy team that nobody cares about. But I, I would think that Marvin Harrison Jr. would be the move. And, and, and from there – you could have a serious run on receivers. Like, there's a world where it goes Williams, May, Harrison, and then maybe, like, Roma Dunze from Washington goes fourth because Arizona clearly is going to keep Kyler. They, they need a receiver. And then maybe it's Malik Neighbors going five to the Giants. Like, if, it, if it's receiver at three, the next two could be receiver. If it's quarterback, then 
then it gets really interesting because then the team that needs a quarterback is going to be desperate to get the fourth quarterback. So, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Three is where the draft's going to pivot. If I'm the Patriots, you take Marvin Harrison Jr. Dude, they haven't had a good receiver. Like, I don't want to say Edelman because Edelman was kind of like a, a diamond in the rough. They haven't had a legit receiver since Randy Moss. They Bill can't pick him. Like, like this. Right? What's that? Bill, I say Bill has a bad history of picking receivers, the ones he brings in. Well, it, right, and that's a different conversation. I mean, we could talk about mm-hmm. who's going to be coaching and who's going to be drafting in New England, but we don't we don't have that type of time today. I, I mean, Harrison would be the move for me because they they literally like I, I joked about this all week long on radio and TV last week. There might be better receiving talent at Washington than there is in New England, <laughs> and that's sad, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, their receivers absolutely yeah. suck. <laughs> well, I did want to ask you about Bill Belichick. Obviously, he's under contract and just had a meeting with Kraft. What do you think happens with that situation? I mean, it's a very interesting question, Hawk. I the team is the team in itself, like the roster, and I know some of the guys on the team, like they're just depressed to go to work. And I think we've all been there at some point in our life. We just hate going somewhere, hate doing something, and it it's just it's no fun. It's like boot camp, but you're also horrible at football. So, like, nobody really wanted to go to work. And I I know that Bill's, you know, the best coach of all time or whatever. But you go back and look at what they've done without Brady, and it's it's not good. I mean, they they tried the Cam Newton thing. That didn't work out. They had the second easiest schedule in football. They go 10-7 and in max rookie year and then get absolutely pasted in the playoffs. And then the last two years, it just got worse and worse. So, I, I don't know how, how they can let Bill keep putting, like, in, his insight into the drafts and stuff. Because, like, you, you go back and look from, like, the 2020 draft on. If you can even go back to, like, 2018. There are not a lot of hits in the draft. And they also don't spend money in free agency. So this roster, since Brady left, has just gotten worse and worse and worse. And I, I get the farewell tour and give him a little rah-rah and let him go out one more time, but – I mean, if, if he's back next year, they're only going to win four or five games because it's just like nobody cares anymore. It's like there's playing out the string, and then there's whatever's going on in New England. It, it's not good. It's not good. Sam, how about we pivot to uh, games that are actually going to be played this weekend, and let's start with something that's not too far from Boston, the Steelers and the Bills. Right now, Buffalo's a 10-point favorite. Uh, the total absolutely plummeted uh, with the promising forecast of a bunch of snow. Uh, since ticked back up a little bit at BetMGM with a total of 36.5, how are you playing this one? I, I kind of lean over. I think that number is just way too overcorrected, um, and – you know, the, those totals, sometimes they go even lower, Eddie. You know, they might we might see like a 35 on on uh, Friday or Saturday. So I'm, I'm just going to stay patient with that one. I do have some Buffalo, uh, AFC, and Super Bowl stuff. I, I wanted to do it before the Kansas City game, but I was scared. Like I had it, you know, when we have that bet, like you have it in the app and you just, you're waiting to press submit and you can't do it. Like that was me before the Chiefs game. And of course they win that game and, and they've been hot ever since. So I'm going to just – I'm going to wait that one out. I'm not going to bet the side. Um, lean to the Steelers, but I, I think that that total at like 35-36 is just a little too low. I mean, P- Pittsburgh's going to – Pittsburgh's going to – they're going to fight in the game, but I just – I don't think they have the talent to hang around. So, I mean, that, that might be like a 24-17 to 24 to 17 final, something like that. That's sort of how I cap it, but there are better angles on the board. My favorite game is, is Kansas City. 
I know that, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's saying Kansas City's washed and they got no receivers and all that, but, I mean, who had it worse than Miami last couple of weeks? Miami thinks it's going to be the two seed. You're you're at home all postseason until you potentially have to go to Baltimore. Now you're the sixth seed, and you got to take that offense that can't play in cold weather and put them outside on a Saturday night at Arrowhead in zero-degree weather. I mean, that that is the worst fall from grade. That team – was literally in the driver's seat. And now you got to go to Kansas City against that defense in those elements. The Dolphins never win in the cold, ever. And now you got to go – it's like I saw the low, minus three degrees. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be windy too. Uh, the market's with you. C4's popping. I, I think it's, those are going to be painted across. Uh, another number that's been moving at some Vegas shops is Dallas up to eight now. Where do you stand on Cowboys-Packers? Uh, I just I wish they had a different coach. It's just very hard for me to uh, to lay points with McCarthy. I, you know, when when Dallas played Detroit, I, I coined it the Mensa Bowl because you have two just geniuses, Dan Campbell and Mike McCarthy, just Mensa minds at the fullest. Um, there is that angle, and I know you guys have probably talked about it, where you have the quarterbacks making their first playoff starts, and it's usually not good. It's like forty percent. ATS, maybe 38%. So you're talking about your Jordan Loves and your Tua's and all that. The Packers actually have a pretty good pass offense, and I was reading Sumer Sports, Eric Eager's site, and Dallas and Green Bay are both top five in passing EPA, um, expected points added per play. So these are two very efficient offenses. Obviously, we, we all know about Dallas because of Dak and Lamb and Brandon Cooks, but Green Bay's been playing really well offensively. Um, especially the last five or six weeks. So maybe a lean to the over. I'm not laying points with the Cowboys for sure. And I, I, I'll tell you what, we just talked about Belichick a couple minutes ago. Can you imagine if Dallas loses this game outright and Jerry Jones oh, whacks McCarthy and says, you know He's who will fix this? Belichick. Yeah. Be, yep. who, who comes in? Belichick. Because, like, that would be, I mean, that would be the perfect landing spot for Belichick. Hey, do you want to coach Dak and Lamb and Micah Parsons? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to stay in New England with Bailey Zappi and Demario Douglas and a bunch of bums. <laughs> no, that would be the perfect. That would be the perfect situation for Belichick if if McCarthy and the Cowboys blow it again in the first round. Oh man, I, just from a fan perspective, I would love to see it. What is yeah. one of your favorite plays for Wild Card Weekend that we haven't touched on? Yeah, so I. I have a, a second leg of a parlay left with Kansas City. I did Michigan and Kansas City money line, so that's halfway home. Um, the only other bet that I'm I'm thinking about making, and again, I don't make a lot of plays in the playoffs. People are always like, "Who do you like in every game?" I'm like, "Chill." Like the, these lines are super tight. There's not a lot of edges. I'm just I'm a little worried, Hawk, that this is so popular that it's going to be just roadkill by the second quarter. I, I want to take the Rams. I do. I, I want yeah. like this is this is per- you, you have a really good offense inside, healthy Stafford, Cup, Nakua, Kyron Williams. The line is better. You have McVeigh against a moron. You got a lot of things working in your favor. <laughs> the problem is, is it like, it, it's yep. probably the the most like when your mailman drops off the mail today, ask him who he likes in Rams and Lions, and if he says Rams, abort mission. Because that's the only oh, like I'm asking that's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only thing that's keeping me off of it. I think it's going to be so even, popular. 
Don't even. <sighs> so you're telling me that the bartender's going to be on the Rams. That what you're saying? I, no, I I don't know who the bartender is going to be on, but like that few, is that is the there. trendy dog already on a Tuesday. I know, and the, I hate look, it. the trendy first round playoff road underdog is usually a bad team to be on. I'm just that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Why why are you implying the bartender, Joe? Like, are we saying uh, Sammy P likes to frequent such establishments? Is that our uh, conclusion here? No, it's it's easy. He's got a he's got a fade that uh, has a very high hit rate that he always tweets out, and it's the bartender, and that's my concern as someone who does like the Rams. I I wanted this matchup for weeks, and I've been saying I'm going to bet that game, and the Rams are going to win. But I think Sam's right. Like I do get the sense already, like everybody's going to be on that side. You know, I'm curious. At at some point, at some point in this postseason. And you can write this down right now. At some point in this postseason, Dan Campbell is going to go on tilt and do something irrevocably stupid. Like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out whether it's like he's down eight and kicks a field goal on fourth and three from the 10 to go down five with like three minutes to go and they never get the ball back. Or he goes for it like fourth and one from his own 15 and they don't get Like, he's going to do something so stupid that derails a very talented team from doing anything. Like, like he's going to do something very soon that ruins their season. Oh, like Laporta? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that <Come> thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, about a minute to go here, Sam. Uh, are there any playoff futures uh, that you want to bet into? Say, like, uh, playoff matchups for the Super Bowl or, you know, passing leader, rushing leader, anything like that? Uh, yeah, we talked about this on the show yesterday. I, I don't love it because these are dice rolls, but I, I thought it was funny that for, like, the passing yardage leader in the playoffs, Brock Purdy was fifth on the list at 8-1. to one. Dak's a favorite, then it's Allen, then Mahomes, then I think Jackson. But, I mean, to me, the NFC runs through San Francisco, and they're going to play – not that they have the bye, of course, but they're going to the Super Bowl. So – I feel like with the, the games that he'll have at his disposal with the weaponry and, and, the, and the schematics, I don't hate a poke on Purdy, but obviously you want a quarterback that's going to play in, in the most games. And I think, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. So a little bet, like a $100 bet to win 800 I, I don't have a big edge, but we're gambling, and that's what we do in markets like that. I like it. Sammy P. of Nesson, please make sure to follow him on X at SP Shoot. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Sam. You bet. A, a poke on uh, a poke on Purdy. Is that the phrase we're using Purdy. now? Who, who took Purdy. who took uh, Purdy for passing yard leader in the playoffs? One of you guys did. Who, t- who did that one? What me? Aaron. Was That's Aaron? what I thought. So Aaron. she took Plus a poke on Purdy. There you go. Nice. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our NFL awards bets are already set, but how confident are we feeling about them? Our recaps are coming up right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. 
C.J. Stroud, Houston Texans quarterback, absolutely lit the world on fire, and now it seems like he is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year given his incredible season. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Markets are now closed as far as uh, awards are concerned, uh, but it does seem like a lot of these are wrapped up. Yeah, at the same time, a few might still very well be up in the air. Stroud uh, looks like he's going to edge out Puka Nakua for offensive of rookie uh but joe when you're looking at these awards markets and which ones that could still very much be up in the air what sounds out to you mm, up in the air i think eddie we've got to go dpoy right yeah joey <laughs> i agree right i mean lamar <laughs> Aaron, like you do <laughs> she's waiting she knew it was gonna happen uh oh, yeah gosh. right L- Lamar's been done for a couple minus 20,000. That's how this was going to open up. Uh, McCaffrey <laughs> is done. And that ended up being a close race between lamb and Tyreek. Uh, but yeah, I mean, McCaffrey 21 touchdowns and he didn't without even playing in the last week. Like that's done. Think you're right about Stroud that mm-hmm. and Puka never, never really had a chance, but we all knew he was going to set the record, but it probably didn't matter at that point because it was Saturday wouldn't happen for Stroud. So felt like that's done. Yeah, I do think I have to go there with – and I think it's Watt, guys. I don't know. And we could make a case for any of three players still, but there is a wide margin in sacks between Watt and those two that are in this conversation. It's a five-sack gap. And um, and now his name's out there because of the injury – but what what do you have? He had 50 pressures this year, the most of this group, by far the most sacks. The problem is it's not on a great defense. But if I'm predicting a winner right now, I was thinking Garrett, but now I'm thinking that it's going to end up being Watt. What do you guys think? That one, I re- I really don't know. Do you what do you have opinion here, Ed? <laughs> It is interesting on the old Twitter here uh, that some folks are saying, well, TJ Watt, like he's got to win this award. Like, you know, why would you give it to anyone else? Certainly it's not a stats based argument. Well, actually, I do have some stats uh, that are not sack based uh, where I do think somebody else can win this thing. Uh, You know, you mentioned pressures, uh, depending upon which group you're looking at. Uh, Some might say Micah Parsons uh, got more quarterback pressures Uh, in terms of run stuffs. Garrett and Parsons uh, are both tied at 13. T.J. Watt is 10. That does matter. If you're looking at a highlight reel, which I think a lot of voters do in terms of the best plays, uh, pressures win double team per next-gen stats. Parsons has 17. Garrett has 7. And T.J. Watt has less than that. If you're looking at, say, forced fumbles, Garrett and Watt are both tied with four forced fumbles. So to me, like, if you're only going to look at sacks and nothing else, and yes, T.J. Watt has won this thing. But if you're putting together a highlight reel, I think Micah Parsons might have the best one. But if you're also going by the logic you want the best defender on the best defense, then Miles Garrett's going to win this award. So I actually think it is wide open, and I wish I could still bet on it. Well, yeah, Parsons is one force fumble, and you mentioned the other two have four, but, like, that's – Mm-hmm. Pretty impactful. Three forced fumbles over the course of the season. And then also in the bloodstream, now that we're entering the playoffs and 
the votes, they're tabulated after the regular season. We get all that. But, you know, it's in people's minds now going into the playoffs with the Steelers matchup without Watt. Hey, you know their record without T.J. Watt? I think that might kind of, for people that we're parsing things right now at this point, you're like, okay, which way do I go? I don't think it's only sacks, though. Like, there, there are multiple reasons to back Watt where he's up there near the top. I don't think it's, oh, if you're only looking at sacks, you would go with Watt because he has the most. I mean, it's not like these other categories. He's not part of that conversation. He certainly is. No, I agree with that. I, I just think, though, again, it's in something like this where it's a little bit harder harder to, say, quantify, you know, other than oh, yeah. sacks and pressures and things like that. It can be a good bit harder to quantify, like, someone's overall impact. But I, I still wonder if, say, we view the Steelers and this defense a little bit differently than we do, say, the Browns. And, and I guess Micah Parsons is still yes. part of this conversation, but, you know, I think the Cowboys have taken a step back. I probably don't look at him as seriously. Like, to me, it is more of a two-person race. But I wouldn't be surprised if Miles Garrett edges out T.J. Watt. If for no other reason, the highlight reel, the, the things that we think intuitively as far as believing that Miles Garrett has always been the better football player and it showcased itself in this season, I think that might be why he gets a bit of an edge. And Parsons never had the crazy one. games against Washington that he needed to have, right? Yes. Like, he had like one sack in the, in the last game, but you needed, he needed to go off. One, one somewhat related question, regardless mm-hmm. of actually, actually of how the voting ends up, uh, related to our futures draft that I thought of after the fact. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett, Super Bowl MVP at 150 to Ooh. 1. If they win Ooh. the Super Bowl, oh. isn't that the angle? Wow, Flacco! They love Flacco, and what a story that they'll all be writing if that happens. Like that's the other part Mm -hmm. of it. Like the story. If they win the Super Bowl, who's the story? It's Flacco, and he's going to be slinging it. Yeah. Say yeah. What if it's like he's doing that Yolo ball, and it's you know five Mm -hmm. touchdowns, two picks, picks. not in that game, but throughout the yeah, Yeah, a couple picks. That that would be the path. Like he's Garrett's going to have. He'd have to have a couple splash plays for sure. It's like probably not even just sacks, but like sack for force fumble, return for a touchdown sort of thing. Maybe not all him, but that sort of play and have an impact on that play. Maybe. But, and I also wonder like the votings on Thursday, these awards come out on that Thursday rather. And the yeah. game Sunday, like if he doesn't win defensive player of the year, does that actually help his case for Super Bowl MVP? That I agree with. I do think that there is uh, this sort of, I don't know if it's a conscious thing where if say, okay, this player can't win this particular award, but maybe we can make it up to him. If say he still plays well come playoff time and in the Super Bowl. that I totally agree with the thing though, with it, when it comes to the Browns and making a push, I wouldn't be surprised if yes, Joe Flacco could go off and the media loves him and it's a great hashtag narrative, but he could also be targeting Amari Cooper a lot and maybe he gets some attention as well. So there is a path for a third person to enter that chat. Sure. Um, I just think if Cooper has a monster game, they're probably going to give it to Flacco. But like you guys mentioned, picks is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the best player in the Browns. So that's the argument. And that's yeah. going to be f- front of mind. Mm-hmm. And I think we naturally have more respect for the Browns than we do, say, the, the Steelers. If we're talking about defensive player of the year, 
like, okay, who has naturally made his whole defense better? You can say that with Garrett, with Watt, like, it's probably a harder thing to sort of say individually what may have had better numbers, but who's made yeah. the overall defense better where like you can go to Zadarius Smith, for instance, for the Browns, like, you know, he wouldn't be where he is without Garrett. So he's also making his teammates better. That argument also exists. I think all three of these guys are going to get first place votes, second place votes and third place votes. Like that's how wide open. Yes. It is at the end. Oh yes. Completely agree as far as that's concerned. Um, defensive rookie of the year. Do we feel like that one's all wrapped up with Jalen Carter or does Will Anderson, no. maybe even uh, Kobe? What do we think there? Now, this one, I think because of the terrible play by the Eagles in the second half of the season and the mm. decline that they've had, like, I think that really hurts Jalen Carter. And mm-hmm. I think Will Anderson played better. And then I don't think he'll okay. win it, but there's that whole situation with Kobe Turner. I think this mm-hmm. one is wide open, and I don't think Jalen Carter has it locked up. It was like know. minus a thousand on him, and I think it dropped, uh, didn't it? Like closer to the end of the regular season, like we weren't getting like that kind of a heavy favorite number. It should have dropped because of the defense, but we don't have a consensus on which player should get it instead of him. I get the argument that he's not running away with it, but. I still expect him to get the the most votes, and he's going to win it in the end. Uh, Will Anderson didn't do anything in the last game. That's the other part. Mm-hmm. Like, if he gets to the quarterback and they win that crazy game, that island game that everybody is watching, they win the division, Like, yes, he could be winning an award with C.J. Stroud. I don't think it's going to be Anderson. I, I expect it to be Carter. He's just been the favorite all season long for good reason. Yeah, I begrudgingly agree with that, even though I wish Will Anderson would win it. And if I were a voter, I would give it to him. I think he is the better defender. But at the same time, if, if say, the sentiment is that Jalen Carter is the guy and Will Anderson just hasn't done enough to overwhelmingly convince enough people, then I think mm-hmm. that's kind of how that works. Even though when it comes to, say, like a team perspective, Aaron, I couldn't agree with you more. This Eagles defense has left something to be desired. And I think Jalen Carter uh, does have some responsibility in that. Whereas with Will Anderson, that run defense especially, but I think even the past defense, Will Anderson has been one of the big reasons why it has continued to improve over time. Yep. So this is from another sports book trader, but just a few days ago or four or five days ago, Anderson moved from four to one to plus 125 at another book because bets were just flying in on him. So I guess mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. I think a lot of that that was in anticipation of him doing something on that Saturday night. I do think, I don't think Anderson's dead. I feel better about it than I thought I would. I still think he's probably less likely to win than Carter, but if the ballots shake out a certain way and like, again, people are putting Carter three with like the Kobe Turner, Will Anderson kind of going in either order. Mm. I think could end up, I I don't know if it's, I just don't think it's a dead ticket which mm-hmm. I thought it would be if he didn't do anything Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. That's, That's pretty fair. close. That's fair. It's not over like some of the other ones are over like MVP offensive player. Uh, I agree yeah. with that. For sure. All right. Uh, coach of the year. Did D'Amico Ryans do enough to overtake Kevin Stefanski for this honor? Or is there, say, another name uh, who could take over and win coach of the year? Over the last three days, all I've heard is D'Amico should be the coach of the year in regards to this market. 
D'Amico should be coach of the year. That feel, I'm not taking anything away from him, but remember, Stefanski was minus 1,000 before the games were played. Like, that feels like a bit of an overreaction. D'Amico was in the conversation. He should have been top two, top three. But because they won the one game and Jacksonville lost, he won the award. I don't know about that. So for me, I felt like D'Amico should have been in the conversation most of the season. I was not mm-hmm. one to jump on that late. And I don't think that last game would have like solidified it for me. I think he should have been the favorite almost the majority of the season. So I, I'm okay with it, and I'm not surprised, but I do think it's crazy that Stefanski was minus 1,000, and now all of a sudden it's D'Amico, D'Amico, D'Amico. That's Are weird. we saying D'Amico if the Jaguars win, which had nothing to do with him? That's my question. We may not be. It, it, I, I right. think this is one of those markets where overreactions are the norm, right? Yeah. Like, how, how – I mean, it seemed like every week there was a new favorite just because of a one-game sample size. As ridiculous as we might think that is, if that's how voters are reacting and they're succumbing to recency bias and they're looking at other games that have nothing to do with the here and now conversation, well, all right, then it's our job to predict what that is. And if we are succumbing to recency bias, then D'Amico Ryans is the guy. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I was saying that the price on Stefanski was ridiculous. And I still believe that because it's so close. I think it's really close. Guessing what the voters are going to do, I'm going to guess D'Amico wins. That mm-hmm. it, there's been a lot more out there about how much he changed the, the culture of that team and how he brought this team together and all the injuries. They still win the division. No gave, nobody gave them a chance to win the division. Um, and he's so likable, too. And plus, Stefanski has one. Like, that might sway mm-hmm. some people away from him. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say D'Amico wins, but... Yeah, it, it was mispriced to the end with Stefanski. But Stefanski could obviously win, too. I mean, four quarterbacks, and now the fourth one's his best one. So, something about having that edge being in a program your first year, especially when you look at the previous season and you see what a dumpster fire it was. Like, did we really think Houston had that? You know, the price was good. But did we have this overwhelming optimism at the start of the season that the Texans could contend mm-hmm. with the Jaguars with all the great love of 2022? Even the Titans, you go, Mike Vrabel's a really good coach. Maybe they'll keep the train on the tracks. And Indianapolis, like, hey, Shane Steichen's a really good coach. Like, if we were power-ranking coaches in that division, I'm sure plenty of people had Domenico Ryans in last place, and now they're division champions. Hamlin for comeback. Paul going to cash? I think so think so <laughs> paul doesn't want to mush it that's why he's being quiet S- that, that strong s- certainly si- sitting that last game was massive massive for you yeah mm-hmm. oh huge and baker turning a dud as well mm-hmm. against carolina no doubt but that's worth mentioning this is becky daily presented by BetMGM. coming up next our lightning bets our favorite plays for tonight right here on the becky network We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. From BetQL. 
Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Plenty more to get to before we share our lightning bets. And let's start with a conspiracy theory that is floating around the socials involving Taylor Swift and Peacock and the NFL playoffs. So what's going on here? Oh, yeah, Paul, so you're, you're the guy that's been been on yeah. this. He's on the I case. Mean, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I found it. <laughs> yeah, I found it yesterday. Uh, so the theory is that the NFL put Chiefs Dolphins on Peacock, exclusively on Peacock, which was always the plan to put a playoff game on Peacock, but exclusively on Peacock. But they chose that game because <laughs> Taylor Swift phenomenon. She's going to be at the game. So they're going to get all the Swifties and everyone else to subscribe, get all those Peacock subs this weekend. And, you know, I don't, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that it was all some long play conspiracy theory thing, but I think it was the obvious choice to make that the Peacock game. It is? Yeah. I think so, yes. Why was it the obvious choice? Because you get all those subscriptions from, like, the tangential NFL fans who are Taylor Swift fans. Are you you're going getting... to get the football fans because it's Chiefs Dolphins, and it should be at yeah. least a good yeah. game. And now you get Mahomes. all these casual fans. Yeah. You, I mean, that's enough for, like, football fans, casual football fans. Now you've got this whole other sect of fans that could be like, oh, I want to see Taylor at the NFL game. I mean, that's and at least the this theory that's out there. Even Charles on the Dolphins. Charles putting out a poll. Yeah, do you think it... – you think this is coincidence or follow the money? And 80% of his poll, uh, over 1,000 votes, saying follow the money. No, you know what's going to happen? Because there's a large amount of Taylor Swift fans are like around my age or younger even. The Reddit streams and like the illegal VPN streams are going to do Hall of Fame numbers instead of people getting Peacock subscriptions. They are going True. to be Hall of Fame numbers on illegal streams. Guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Or bootleg streams, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this brings in a lot more than Cowboys Packers, right? You get a lot more subs out of this? Probably. I would say you so. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, like, especially to Jake's demographic point, oh, well, maybe they don't get as many subs, but, like, the Chiefs are the new Cowboys. 25 years ago, Cowboys mm-hmm. are, were America's team. They still think they're America's team. Cowboys Packers, pretty good jacket. matchup, like, classic Fox matchup. When, when you were wearing yeah. the star. Yeah. Yeah, when I had the Aiken jersey, <laughs> yeah, you know, betting lunch yeah. money also, against these stupid Eagles right. fans. You in may fifth still grade. have it. Yeah. Because this game's Saturday night, right? So like, if yeah, you're right. a bar, market this as, like, do, like, Taylor Swift-themed drinks. People are going to go to bars instead of just sit at home and subscribe to Peacock by themselves. Oh, you, okay. You play Swift right. music. I got to disagree break. with you here. hundred percent. There are a lot of bars that do not know how to get Peacock. Uh, when the Bills Chargers game was on Peacock, I went to a couple of different places. Nobody had the game going on. I don't know if a lot of establishments will keep up with this. Oh, that's this an for LA. the playoffs, for you gotta idea. think it's different. Hard that's launch how... sports bar business TV consultant. Hard launch this weekend. Hard launch. I like and the NFL. Oh, the geez. NFL playoffs are different too, <laughs> right? right? Uh, versus regular season. Also, though, you're more motivated. Yes. Like, are you going to a non... Here's the thing. Are you going to a non-Chiefs or Dolphins or football bar for this game? Because if you are, you're going to hate your life on a Saturday night if you're trying to watch this game. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. will. Like, oh, the place we're going to is a bar, so they're going to have the game on. 
So, yeah, like if your girlfriend and other friends go to a, are going casual sports bar, that. like those are the ones like where they might not have it figured out. Where it might be I tricky. I think also. Yeah. I think the younger the women or younger girls, I should say, who aren't adults still living at home probably will beg their parents to get Peacock just for this game too. I could definitely mm-hmm. see that happening. But I could also see Jake's point with like ones in their 20s or so just doing the illegal stream thing. Yeah. Is that yeah, high school demographic crowd? Can you imagine being like like a parent and be like, hey, we've got to get Peacock this this week. Why? Because I want to see shots of Taylor Swift in a box at a football game. You just say like, it's stupid. There's a good chance that also makes me wants to watch it anyway, right? And And mom, mom, you can watch every Dateline ever, mom. Like, (laughs) I I also wonder if you are one of those girls that like, or a Taylor Swift fan that can't go out to a bar, say, or like you're living at home, whatever. Hasn't it been enough time? That, like, you know the clips of Taylor Swift are going to be on Twitter immediately anyway. So, like, how mm-hmm. motivated are you to see it live in real time when it's going to be on Twitter three seconds later anyway? Yeah. 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 All the clips of what she's wearing, what she walked into the game wearing, what she's drinking, her nail color, her outfit sell behind. out immediately. They should yeah, have, like, the text thread should... is going to be blowing up and you're going to have to play they... catch up. So they should have a Swift camera channel. Swift cam. Yeah, Swift cam. Yeah. If they're smart. If they're smart. That's genius. That's what they should do. They they would I'd love to and then we would know how many views that guy. That I want to see her like way. get into a cat fight with Brittany Mahomes. Oh man. Um great. Real, real quickly before we get to lightning bets, uh, mm-hmm. college football playoff next year's national championship. Georgia's the favorite at plus three fifty. Then Alabama plus five fifty. Ohio State eight to one. Michigan and Texas at nine to one. Jody, we bet on this any differently now that it will be a twelve-team playoff going forward. Uh, but like the t- the teams that are in playoff spots seven through twelve. Are they mm-hmm. going to take down these big dogs again? Exactly. Okay, pull off a big upset. Now go do it again. Now go do mm-hmm. Are they going to be built that way? Probably not. I'm curious watching how the odds are different. Like, Is it going to be more spread out among the top 10 than it is before? Because like this past year, it was like, okay, Georgia, Michigan, Island by themselves, and then there's a massive drop-off. Is that going to be different? I wonder. That's exactly how I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, if you force Georgia to play an additional game, are they going to look any worse? Absolutely not. Like, they could have still probably Mm -hmm. won the national championship this year. It's just they got squeezed out. By the way, my uh, super hot take for college football next year, Alabama and Georgia will play each other three times. Regular season, SEC championship, and the playoff. That's my hot take. That'd be awesome. That'd be good. Very awesome. All right, lightning bets. Uh, I'll start with college basketball. Auburn taking on Texas A&M. Tigers minus 7.5 for me. An elite defense that prevents good looks down low and from mid-range. A&M, an effective field goal shooting mark that's outside the top 300. They will not score at all against the Tigers. So give me Auburn uh, minus 7.5. 
Then on the ice, Oilers, puck line, even money. I know it's two and a half, but the Blackhawks without Connor Bedard, they are <laughs> terrible. Stathletes put it really well. Worst hockey team in the NHL in terms of expected goals for, high danger chances, etc. It will get ugly. And then Kings Lightning over six goals. Yes, the Kings have an elite defense, but both teams top eight in expected goals for. So give me both teams to uh, combine for over six, Joe. All right, couple college hoops plays, and I'm looking at BYU coming off the Saturday loss against Cincinnati, one of the more balanced teams in the country, and they're getting five and a half at Baylor. Baylor's defense is a problem, not in a good way uh, this season. So (laughs) give me BYU getting four and a half points at Baylor, so I'll take the road dog there. And this line really pops to me, guys. Houston favored by only two and a half at Iowa State. Huh. Just uh, Houston's second road game of the season. It was a close one against Xavier the, their other time. Now, Iowa State coming off a road loss, but it, we know Houston's great defense. We understand that. They're going to be, you know, top three, top five every single year, usually number one in a bunch of metrics. But I, Iowa State is also strong. They're fifth in efficiency, second best turnover rate in the uh, in the country. Give me Iowa State as a short home dog, plus two and a half. So BYU and the Cyclones. Love it. I'm going to take a day off and just have one future. Ravens to beat the Rams at 70 to 1. I need to regroup. Had a rough night last night, so going to back off a little bit. All right, college hoops it is. Ed, we are... Somewhat aligned, somewhat not. So there's uh placed a futures bet last night. Auburn at thirty to one. Metrics darling. Strength of schedule oh. leaves a little bit to be desired, but at thirty one, love that number, kind of that range. And then however, however, tonight, I know AM can't really shoot. Uh and that's kind of a problem. But you, you do need to this score points in college basketball to win, yes. There were eight and a halfs last night, but I guess there's a seven and a half across the board now. I'll be taking the Aggies, catching seven and a half. I think oh, they boy. keep this close, muddy it up a little bit. Yeah, so we're head to head, Ed. Um, Buzz puts the fear of God into his team tonight. So AM plus seven and a half. Colorado <laughs> State short road favorite in a bounce back spot. Money line against Boise State. And then, oh, Iowa State. So I'm playing that game. Ah, they haven't really played a ton of people, and they're facing. One of the best defenses in the entire country. So I didn't want to lay it with Houston, but I'll play Iowa State under 64 and a half. Team total. What was your Colorado State play? Was it Colorado Money State? Money line. Yeah. Uh, which, okay. Money line, not, were they two and a half? Two and a half. It was okay. one and a half earlier, ticked up. So I think minus okay. 140 on the money line. Interesting. Interesting. We do get golf bets from Paul tomorrow. Can't wait for that. Can't. Oh, Dan Aspen's going to be listening. He's going <laughs> to be listening for some firepower to come at you with. Hey, he was all over the top five last week. Had three guys in there. Nice. We'll see. Yeah. Norman. Just run it back. Does that mean we have to what just fade we... every single Paul pick this this week missed then? Because the he was so, came out so hot last week. Now just go miss the cut on all Paul's guys this week. Oh, Do the miss man. the cut parlay. Go for it. I, I sacrifice yeah. myself I'll, for you guys. I'll take your picks and do top five or top ten. Pass All right. me out. Right. Wouldn't the opposite, though, be like everyone else misses the cut, but you get one outright to win? 
Like, isn't that the exact opposite? I'll take it. All right. See what the glass man Thanks for watching and listening to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. For those listening, Jim Rome is up next. For those watching on tweet, for those watching on Twitch, stay tuned for the daily tip. Take care, everybody.